1: today with a co-host richard schneider right? got chris Nolaski and craig epstein as well guys we had a bye week last week so we were a little late on content but that doesn't mean that stuff wasn't happening uh we have a lot to talk about recruiting uh the st- whole staff the whole football staff was out last week recruiting all over the the, the area um, we had a press conference today where shiano kind of addressed some of the changes for the team and we also have basketball season rapidly approaching. So we have a lot we're going to get into. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. As your continued uh, source for all your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like. MLB MMA tennis boxing and even golf you head on betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus that's boosted up from 50% we were offering earlier in the season on your first deposit make sure you use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts
2: say one thing football might be back in New York between the Jets and Giants (laughs) I mean what's going on man
1: this is crazy. Uh You know, out here in the Philly streets, we only talk Philly oh, teams go. like the Phillies and Eagles. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if you guys know that they're the only undefeated team left. So I don't want to hear anything about your five and one or four and two teams. So hey, hey, listen, you that.
2: barely beat Cooper Rush.
1: Congrats. Uh, uh, did you watch that game? No, you, was guys, you, you guys did. It's
2: not, no, hate uh, towards uh, you as guys... a great
1: man once said, good teams <laughs> win. Great teams cover, and I'm pretty sure the Eagles <laughs> covered last night. So I don't want to hear anything. that's that's true i
3: mean uh anyway then we're also sponsored by adam goldman he's the franchise coach uh bear with me today i got this nasally ass voice i hate cold weather it's brutal um so what you could do is uh hit up adam goldman he could be uh the he's the franchise coach he could set you up with a new uh new job new uh new kind of american dream if you want to call it that um he's a new jersey guy Watchung hills native night report member scarlet Knight fan if you're kind of just trying to switch your career up and you're thinking up with your career i'm just repeating myself at this point uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has uh, the expertise to uh kind of help you lead you in the right direction uh, he's been doing it for 10 plus years he's helped people set up uh multiple franchises all across the state and uh across across the country really uh, so give him a call today, uh, 844-800-3726. And uh, if you want to open up an urgent care, I mean, I'll go right away because I, I need something <laughs> I need something yeah. to fix this. This is just, like, brutal. Tell Mike before, yeah. like, a cold for a guy is, like, I, I might want to go to the hospital. Like, it's bad.
1: Yeah, Richie's <laughs> basically in labor right now, so put your prayers up for him. By the it's, time you hear this, maybe he'll, he'll feel better. But uh, he's he's doing the Jordan flu game today. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so... Let's talk bye week. Chiano uh, had his his Indiana first uh, game week press conference today. Let's talk a little bit about what he discussed there, um, guys. I didn't watch the video. Some of you were, were part of that. So, what did Chiano have to say in the the, the Indiana game week uh, press conference?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, first first podcast that uh, Rutgers hasn't watched in a couple weeks now. Woohoo! <laughs> bye
1: week. Um, yeah,
3: sorry, a
2: tough team at by State.
3: Yeah, it it was a. Uh... It was, it was an interesting press conference, though. Uh, he talked a little bit about Nunzio and mentioned the offense is a little bit more energized under him. All three quarterbacks are back, so that's huge. Uh, we're probably going to see a stupid roulette again, which it sounds like, and I, I'm going to be miserable watching that. Like <laughs> I don't know how many quarterbacks you could sub in on one series. Maybe we get four in one series with Langan, so that'd be a little <laughs> interesting. Um, it might be a record, right? Like That has to be a record. Um, other than that, he didn't he didn't mention a whole lot. Uh, it was kind of a little, a little bleak. He did mention Kanafka's out for the for this week. Uh, Longer Beam and uh, Aaron Young are both like game time. It sounds like game time decisions. Said they're getting close, and he's pretty hopeful, but he's not 100 percent sure yet. Uh, he, he did mention something interesting when uh, he said normally weeks like for the bye week, most of the starters will take a little bit of it, like take it easy a little bit, take a little bit of a break. But this week's a little different in terms of offense, at least, because these guys have to learn like completely new system, not completely new, but new schemes, new calls and all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, it like I said, it wasn't a whole lot, but he did mention uh guns in the offense looks a little uh, rejuvenated, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, yeah. He said the team, you know, is really is really energized. I'm sure I'm sure the bye week helped with that, you know, getting guys healthy or at least, at least resting. Um, you know, he talked a lot about, about, you know, Joe Harrison makes defense and how well they're doing and that they have good chemistry and everything. Um, he talked about Christian Izzy and that, um, you know, he's been consistent all year and it stems from him, you know, um, you know, being healthy coming into the season. You know, he wasn't banged up at all, um, you know, in the spring or in or, or the off season, which has been big for him. Um, he's obviously a key part of the defense back there. Um, you know, he talked about, you know, or s- someone asked about you know potential bowl game down down the line, and he said you know he just mainly wants to go one and zero this week, and uh, you know take care of Indiana. Um, you know, a couple other things talked about Joe Susan moving to tight ends. You know how he's done that before; he's been on you know coaching in the past. So, um, not too much other than those couple things that we, we both mentioned. But uh, yeah, I guess the main things is that uh, Gavin Wimsatt was back practicing last week, so uh, there's probably a good chance you'll you'll see him. In, this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, this bye week is all about getting your getting the offense right because, I mean, through these first – up to this point, I think the defense has been solid. I mean, that's, I mean the Iowa game, it really wasn't the defense that cost them. It was mostly them kind of shooting themselves in the foot, couldn't get anything going offensively. Ohio State, what are you going to do? It's Ohio State. They're probably going to win the national championship, so there's nothing you can do against that. But going into this Nebraska game, it was just like, okay, this is the game where Rutgers – should start looking like a real offense and like it just didn't happen we saw the defense kept them in the game i mean 13 giving up or 14 points is that should be i mean giving up 14 that should be enough to get you the win but i mean the offense what was it three three offensive touchdowns in four weeks i mean that's just that's just not good enough and i mean maybe maybe statistic-wise iowa might have a worse offense but to be honest i i they they have they have a great defense to back it up, like an elite defense to back it up, and that's really what helps them. But to me, this offense has been probably the worst in the Big Ten. I don't maybe it's maybe it's probably running slower in all of college football. It's just it just been bad. There's been no consistency at quarterback, which is something that I hope we start getting. Even like if you want to do a if you want to do a little bit of a roulette, that fine. But like just make it make sense because as we said, as we've beat as we've kind of beaten to death now. The Johnny Langen packages from like you know seventy yards out running up the middle don't do anything. Constantly just running on first down up the gut just getting one, maybe one yard doesn't do anything. Like this offense has to start looking like a real like offense, and hopefully this bye week with Nuns they starting to starting to get its feet under them. And from now you get now you got a game against Indiana another another winnable game against the not-great team at home. So, once again, this is time for Rutgers' offense to really kind of put up or shut up because after that, it does not get any easier. You've been holding that one in for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, it,
1: it is kind of a bit of, like, Rutgers' last stand this weekend. Like, I think Greg only makes that move to fire Sean Gleason midseason if he thinks the season can be salvaged in some way. So, I don't think that we're just going to see, like, you know, all the young players come in and play just regardless of the, if it's the best player or not right now. I do yep. think we're going to see some weirdness because they're going to try and put the best players on the field for certain situations like they have off season, Maybe they'll try and do something that makes a little more sense, like removing the Langan package, maybe not shuffling through guys as much because I think you really do have to build some sort of rhythm in the offense, and I don't think that comes by moving... Quarterbacks out every other play or every series. So maybe guys just have shorter leashes instead. Like if if you're going to start, you know, quarterback X, he stays in until he either can't make throws because he gets hurt or because he makes a lot of mistakes and it makes sense to bring in the next guy. Uh, I also don't think they'll put Gavin in unless he's truly 100% and he's not at risk for further injury because Shiano has kind of pointed to, you know, how Gavin. If he would have been able to play, he would have played, but there was a risk that he would further injure himself the last couple games, and that's why he hasn't played, but he has warmed up. And at the same time, Shiano mentioned in his last press conference when he fired uh, Sean Gleason that announcing kind of their plans for the offense would give them a a competitive disadvantage, so they're not going to say too, too much about what they're thinking moving forward, but I do expect some significant changes as to how they run the offense, and we'll all find out together on Saturday how that's actually going to look. Um, but game prep wasn't the only thing that they were doing during the bye week The staff was out and about all throughout the region recruiting, uh, Richie, it always is interesting that the staff kind of shows their hand with who they're really targeting in the future classes by who they visit in season, especially with a helicopter. Uh, so who were some of the top targets that they hit up this week during uh, their bye week the staff? Yeah.
3: So uh, the interesting one, like you mentioned, the helicopter was brought out to go over to uh, Jersey City. I mean, not really that far, so I probably would have just drove, but that's besides the point. You know, save a little gas here and there. Gas is expensive. Um, but, no, they, they made a trip out to uh, Schneider High School um, over in Jersey City. DJ McClary's over there. He's an athlete in the 2025 class. Um, so it's not even this class. It's not the next class. It's the class after that. But Rutgers is trying to get in there early. He's already been to campus, I think, two or three times. Um, he, he has a couple big offers, uh, Marquise Watson offered him when he was down at, uh, or well, I guess Marquise and Chris Partridge offered him when he was down at Ole Miss and they, they've been on him for, he's been on him specifically for quite some time. He also has uh, Syracuse, Boston college, Akron, a couple of those offers. So he, he's going to be a big time recruit in 2025. He's going to be one to watch. And then, uh, the staff also was spending a lot of time down in Florida. They obviously checked on, checked in on some of their commits. Uh, they checked in on Bo Mascow. Um, and his, in his school who was producing like, I think multiple four stars this year. Um, who else? There was someone else. They went down to Cardinal Mooney, which is uh Drew Lascari's old high school. They used to coach at, uh, Teddy Foster, a kid who visited, uh, I want to say game two or game three, whatever it was, uh, the 24th. So that was what the, the Iowa game, I think. So he came up for the Iowa game and, uh, Right, I, yeah, he came up for the Iowa game. Uh, Rutgers is really zeroing in on him as a cornerback, as one of the top cornerbacks in the 2024 class. Uh, mm-hmm. Obvious connection, like I just said, Lascari coach down there, so that's always a helpful thing. I think the tweet that they, their coach put out was like "Love you, brothers." At, at Drew Lascari, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um so that's big, and that's that's a school that's going to produce a couple of notable uh, players, and then the guy went to Florida and literally flew back home to go back to his other stopping grounds with Don Bosco, where he was yep. going to see the Jordan Thomas, um, who else? Jaden Brown, who I don't know if Rutgers is actually offered yet, a linebacker, but, uh, two Bosco kids and then Seton hall prep, obviously has Jalen McClain, who they were taking on. Um, the, these guys were out all throughout the region. Demir Shaw went over to Roman Catholic and even their head coach tweeted out something like, uh, coach Shaw's really that guy. Um, in layman's terms, it's like, wow, he, he's, he's, the, he's the dude. Like, he's the man. He's I don't know how else to put it. Uh, but he went to see one of the top prospects in the uh, in the country in Tessier, Denmark. He's, uh, he's the only kid that Rutgers actually offered for Roman Catholic so far, which I found a little interesting because they have one, two, three, four, five, six, they have eight kids in the next three classes that have power five offers already. And wow. I, I don't know if you're going to land most of them, but you, I still think you have to send out the offers and at least try to garner a little bit more interest. So uh, that's something to monitor, especially because one of the coaches, just Demir Shaw, just went and checked them out. Nuns went to his old stomping grounds at Bergen Catholic to watch them play St. Joe's. Uh, Yasin Willis was obviously the main target there. Uh, I, I really think Rutgers has a really good shot there. Um, he, he's very keen on the idea of staying home. Now, it's going to be tough to keep him away from some of those big names, especially when a guy like Audric Estime is killing it at Notre Dame now. Mind you, Notre Dame's not killing it, but he's doing good for Notre Dame. Um, But, yeah, I I would definitely keep a close eye on him. Um, I'm trying to think where else. I mean, Heatherman went out to Pennsylvania to see his linebacker commit and Daylon Fuse. Uh, I mean, uh, these guys were just basically everywhere. Rich was out in Ohio in his kind of territory uh, to see a kid named Tito Glass, who uh, is currently unranked for us but should have a ranking soon. He's another uh, another prospect to keep an eye on. He's he's like a running back slash linebacker. But if Allrich is out there, he's probably going to play running back for Rutgers if he was to commit. Um, so I mean, yeah, they, these guys were all over the region and I, even like extended out a little bit in terms of uh, I guess what does Greg call it? Rutgers not Rutgers country because you can't say that Rutgers. less us Rutgers. Come
1: on, say Rutgers.
3: <laughs> whatever you know, <laughs> no. same thing. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean these guys were everywhere for the most part. They were they were bouncing around. Um, I don't know if Joe Susan or Marquise Watson went anywhere. I didn't see anything posted about it, and I don't think we posted anything about it either. But this uh, it's a good start to the 2024 class, although they don't have any commitments yet. I think they're going to get they're going to expand this region a little bit in the, the state of Rutgers and take it down to Florida again. Maybe add a couple Midwest kids again, like they did in 2022, and uh, kind of go from there. It was a mouthful.
1: It is a mouthful, and uh, obviously we we have a home game on Indiana. We'll have a full podcast preview for that later in the week, but we do have a a visitor list that's started up for the football game. Um, looks like it's not not too full yet. I'm sure there's going to be tons of kids there, but it looks like we're going to have an Erasmus Hall contingent like we normally do for home games, so keep an eye on that thread for more visitor notes as the week goes on. Um, Let's pivot to basketball. Um, First, I want to talk recruiting, we're going to talk you guys – Some of you guys were at the basketball practice last week. You guys got to see what the team looks like. Um, But we got some bad news regarding one of our top targets in the 23 class. Uh, Papa Conte sounds like he is headed elsewhere. It sounds like he's down to Michigan and Memphis. What ended up coming down to (laughs) – we won't say on the podcast what Richie's hand motion just showed. But it sounds like uh, his decision may not totally be based around – the court and the basketball on the court. <laughs> yeah. Memphis doesn't cheat. Um,
3: come on, dude. They never got in trouble before. Yeah. No, they've never gotten <laughs> in trouble.
1: Of. They never had uh, FedEx internships that were basically, uh, the ba- only offered to the basketball team and the, the t- team walks in and walks out with the suitcase after 10 minutes. Um, so that's a big blow to our <laughs> recruiting efforts. We still obviously need a big man to replace Cliff for next year. So where's the basketball team at uh, regarding recruitment for this class? And next, I, I also see we have an article from this past weekend um, kind of high- highlighting some of our top 24 targets. So just kind of give us a, a state of the union with basketball recruiting.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet because, like I said before, I'm, I'm I got a cold, I'm tired. I'm tired of talking. And uh, I'm sure Chris wants to talk about Hoops team, not recruiting. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean – Conte sounds like he's going elsewhere. Memphis obviously hired uh, the director of his AAU program, so I really think they have the edge right now. Although he did take a visit to Michigan this past weekend, his second official visit to Michigan in the past, I don't know, seven months, six months, whatever the hell it was. Uh, he's going to end up at one of those two schools. My money's on Memphis right now. But uh, after him, it's kind of looking a, lo- a little bleak at the moment, but – we have an article coming out. Uh, I guess this is posted Monday, so we have an article coming out Tuesday on Jusu and Bodo Budo, Bodo. I forget how to pronounce it. Uh, he's a Southern California Academy, which is like one of the top producers of talent in the nation right now. They're like the not the new Oak Hill, but they're they're pretty up there. Uh, they just sent kids to LSU, Michigan State, and uh, somewhere else, some other big Pro Providence in the past in the twenty twenty two class alone. Uh, so this kid kind of blew up. He was playing behind those guys. He went to the Pangos opening, which is like the top all-star uh, event for uh, hoops recruiting. And he went there, he dominated, and all of a sudden Rutgers was like, oh, hey, who's that? And then uh, TJ Thompson went out to see him. TJ Thompson's old high school coach is now the head coach of the Prep Academy over there at Southern California Academy, whatever the hell it's called. So Cal Academy. Um, so there's a little connection there. TJ went out, watched the kid again in person, and then they offered. And it's, he's, he's very new to uh, the recruiting process. He's from Cameroon. His coaches are kind of helping him out a little bit here and there in terms of visits. He hasn't scheduled anything yet, but I know that he's very high on Rutgers and he's very high on Arizona State at the moment. Xavier's in there a little bit as well. East Carolina's kind of tr- like trickling in a little bit too. But uh, I, I do think Rutgers has a really good shot at landing this California big man. In. I mean, based on the fact that they landed a pretty damn good California big man not too long ago under Pike, I, I think this could be a pretty good addition for Rutgers.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Pike's kind of proven time and time again that he's just got an eye for diamonds in the rough, um, which kind of leads us into how the team looked last week. Antonio Chole got so much hype from Jerry Carino when he went to see him in in the first practice that uh, was available after he arrived. Um, Would you guys say that Antonio Chole lived up to the hype? And uh, leading from that, how did the team look in general when you guys saw him?
0: Yeah, so actually, Antonio Troll wasn't able to practice when we went on Friday. Uh, That's he, right. Uh, ple- right Steve that. Pico said he tweaked he tweaked his ankle. Um, I talked to Antonio afterwards. I mean, he he said he was fine. He'll be you know he'll be fine. Um, so nothing to be worried about there. Um, Caleb McConnell also didn't didn't practice. Um, sounds like he has a knee issue, which obviously never sounds good. Um, but um, you know, too early to say what happened there. And but. But Pico, Pico thinks he'll be okay, but take that for, for a grain of salt. Well, I guess we'll know more as the next couple of weeks, you know, progress. But, uh, yeah, those are the two guys on the injury front right now. You know, Jalen Miller came back. Dean Reber came back, so they should be okay. Um, but in, term, in terms of the practice, um, I really thought they've, they have started to, you know, sh- shoot the ball well. They they did a lot of work on on defense. Um, you know, I'll, let me go through my, our, our our list here that uh, me and Richie put together. So, um, yeah, I mean, Reber was starting, uh, to, at the, at the four spot, I want to say, um, you know, or, or, or Mag too, going back and forth. Um, Dean Reber usually, you know, back up five, but he was also playing the four. Um, Mawad Mag looks really good. Um, he's m- making shots. He made, you know, there was one play, I'm not sure if Richie got, got a clip of it or not, but he made a nice, you know, turnaround jumper from the baseline, which, you know, obviously we've never seen him do before. So... Um, he's obviously more more, more confident. Um, you know, he's he's you know he's he's still pretty good on on the defensive end of the ball. Um, you know, you know Cam Spencer, the transfer from the transfer in uh, guard, um, he shot the ball lights out. Um, he didn't make his first couple shots, but after he got into a rhythm, man, he was just he was hitting shots from deep and he was getting in the face of his teammates. I know, I know. Pico said he kind of has to tone that down and wait until they wait until they play someone else instead of you know. Instead of you know yelling at his teammates or whatever, but um, you know he definitely has a fire. Uh, maybe he's not he as much fire as game? Pete Kitts. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's like Craig's favorite player, but um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean but yeah, you know, Cam, Cam Spencer. I mean, he he can shoot the lights out. He's definitely going to help spread the floor. He um, still has to work on his defense, but um, you know, obviously his his offense is is there. Um, you know, Antoine Walkful is is a freshman. You know, Steve Pyke is very high on him. Um, probably probably would play some minutes at the five behind cliff uh, maybe maybe Dean reber probably still is the backup there but uh Wolf, Wolf is definitely there take some minutes if possible um I mean, he's he's a big dude ready for a freshman he played football so he's not afraid to you know he's not afraid for, for you know for a low contact um yeah uh, who else was there uh you know and obviously Antonio troll i talked to him i mean he's he says you know pickle says he shoots like over fifty percent in practice so far, you know, from on, on three pointers. So, on um, the dudes like six eight, six nine, if he's making three pointers like that, that that's that's something to watch there. Um, you know, he told me that he was you know sore at the very beginning when he first came to Rutgers in mid August. Um, you know, from lifting weights and and conditioning and stuff like that. But he settled in. Um, but yeah, he's he's obviously a little banged up now, but he should be good to go. Um, you know, soon. Um, you know, the guys, you know, Andre Hyatt was looked looked pretty good. Um, you know, he's obviously he, he needs to step up um in terms of you know for Rutgers next year, you know, filling in for Ron Hopper Jr. Um I you know, right now I'd probably argue that Hyatt comes off the bench, you know, for Mag, but um obviously he's definitely a possibility to two start. Maybe Mag provides some juice off the bench. Um, you know, Cliff O'Maruri was, was 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 great. Um he was Obviously dunking everything, and you know, really high energy up and down the court, blocking everything. So he's obviously in in midseason form, probably. Um, Oscar Palmquist made some nice shots. I know Steve Pleka hyped hyped up Oscar a lot, quite a bit, um, in the press conference. You know, he's he, he's a big you know kind of kind of like a glue guy in the team. You know, he practices hard. He knows what to do. Um, he knows knows where to go. Um, you know, he's high high energy guy as well. Um, I talked to him, I talked to him afterwards, you know, he's obviously more more comfortable now, a couple of years in into his Rutgers tenure, Moa um, Mag talked about, uh, Paul he was obviously the main ball hander at point guard, um, he was, he was very vocal, he's obviously probably going to be a captain this year, um, you know, obviously had, had great, great leadership, um, you know, Derek Simpson was another freshman who was, who struggled early, but but he really bounced back and, you know, got into the lane, was very quick, he made some shots, so, um, I think, I think obviously, for the freshmen, there'll be some, some growing pains, but, um, you know, you'll, you'll probably see them play in, 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 in non-conference, you know, get their feet wet, and, uh, you know, and get going a little bit. So, I know I'm I able to, like, like Richard did a few minutes ago about recruiting, so you, you guys can take it away now. <laughs> Are you good.
2: I'm just curious to get your take. I kind of feel like this team has such a, a good mix of kind of the veteran leadership and also the young guys. Because as we know, when it comes to Pico, kind of his bread and butter is player development, as we've seen, you know, since he built this thing. And now you got guys like Derek Simpson, Jalen Miller, uh, Ch- uh, and, uh, Chol. just name it. There's a bunch of guys here who are kind of, like you said, getting their feet wet, looking to develop into, you know, quality Big Ten players. But then you also got your Paul McCahee, you got your Cliff, you got your Cliff, you got Caleb, three guys right there who could probably be all Big Ten type of guys. So when guys like you know Simpson and those type of the younger guys might struggle here and there with some inconsistencies, guys like them can kind of coach him through it and say, "Hey, this is this is what you should do," and then kind of maybe hopefully, hopefully, move that development along even quicker. So that you know one of one of Rutgers' biggest Achilles' heels last year was the bench because you had your you had the you the don't starters.
0: say
2: yeah right <laughs> you had your starters who logged in you know forty. Like, oh, not for well, in overtime, maybe 40-plus minutes, but you'd have them log in 35, you know, somewhere in that yeah. ballpark range of minutes. And the the bench, other than really Dean Reber, it was like the bench kind of didn't offer you much. I mean, Jalen Miller was a defensive guy. He didn't really score much. But now, as I'm seeing with your, your guys' videos and things like that, he's actually starting to hit some shots here and there. So if he can start doing that consistently, then all of a sudden, hey, you know, Paul Mulcahy, he doesn't have to stay out there for 35 minutes. You know, you can throw a Derek Simpson or Jalen Miller in there to give him a breather so if Rutgers can get that bench to help out with their start their starters who I think are going to be good then I mean this team yeah this could be another good year and maybe another year that Rutgers makes the tournament which three years in a row would be the first time ever
3: yeah I mean that you, you pretty much hit on everything um the bench is interesting. I'm, I'm still a little concerned because it does seem like Wolfolk's probably going to be the backup five. Uh, Reaver and Mag are kind of splitting time at the floor. Uh, it's weird because, like, when I saw it last week, I got to go, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just got invited, so I went. It's by myself pretty much, other than, like, the, the, you know, that shitty team from New York scouts. But, uh, yeah, so uh a next Just put that
2: one in there. Yeah, yeah
3: okay. I couldn't help it.
2: Um, we got Bronson, bro. We're good. Stop. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I
3: watched Cho. I got to watch him full practice and everything. So he, I don't think he's as good as, like, Carino hyped him up to be. I think Carino might have, like, hyped him up a little too much. But he's yeah. a good player. He's going to play a lot, and he's going to uh, play some time at the four as well. Uh, he's shooting lights out. Uh, Pike told me the other day, what, 57% from three this, yep. this practice so far? That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty damn high. Um. But I, I still think that that four spot, that four or five spot concerns me. Obviously, Cliff is Cliff. He's still going to play 30-plus minutes a game. Who backs him up? Like Is Wolfolk ready? I don't think he's ready for the Big Ten yet, honestly. And now you want to put Reber down to the four? It's, it's a little interesting. I think Reber's going to split some. I think he'll play more five than four this season. And uh, I think that's basically just filling in for Cliff, giving him breaks here and there. Uh, he definitely brings a new diameter, a new dimension to the game. I don't know why I said diameter, a new dimension to the game. Uh, <laughs> he he could he could shoot lights out from like outside. I'll give him that. Uh, he's actually even dunking the ball pretty well. Even I, I think Chris didn't you mention it or someone mentioned it that Cliff uh he was giving Cliff uh trouble like just uh, in uh I can't even talk today, jeez. Yeah, I think,
0: I think, I think Pico mentioned that in his press conference. That's was, what it was. You know, they, yeah. they go, they go at each other in the paint a lot of times. And obviously that, you know, iron sharpens iron as, as a lot of the football guys always say in terms of, you know, secondary and, and wide receiver. So, I mean, obviously he <laughs> goes up against cliff every day and, you know, he's going to be a really good player, but, you know, Illinois coach Brett Underwood said that he's probably the best player in the big 10. Um, and he, he hates Cliff. I remember, I remember, I mean, he, he obviously likes Cliff. He's a good player. It just mean like he, he hates it's him. He, like he doesn't want, he, don't, he, you know, he doesn't want him at Rutgers anymore. I remember <laughs> after Rutgers beat Illinois, you know, he, he walked out of their press conference and, uh, and he, he was, he was like, man, I can't wait until this guy leaves the big 10 or something like that. So he obviously has high pace for Cliff. So if Ant- Antoine and, Dean or whoever goes up against Cliff every day, that, that only makes it better. So,
3: yeah, it's not the Cliff's the issue. Like I said, it's the four spot, and I think that's where everyone kind of differs too. Because it's like I know Carino, Wisted Reaver has his projected four. I'm still going Mag because when I watched practice last week, it was all Mag at the four, and that was when Caleb was healthy. So no mind you, maybe it's not because maybe because Caleb was out of practice, that's why Reaver was starting. Um, but I, even Chris said before he said he had Reaver at the four. So it's it's that that's the interesting part, and then. Like, everyone pegged, uh, pegged, what do you call it, Andre Hayek just to fill in at the floor. And he seems like he's in no, mare, no, uh, no man's land right now. Uh, he's going to play, obviously, but I don't know what his minutes are going to look like. And you got to make up for a lot of scoring. And that's where, like Craig mentioned before, where a guy like Derek Simpson can come in and get a couple buckets. Maybe Jalen Miller kind of fixes his offense a little bit. He still he still needs to work on that a little more, than I in my opinion. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting one. Uh who else? What am I? I'm missing somebody. Mag, Miller, McC- oh, McConnell, like, who's technically uh, – and I don't care what anyone says. That injury is kind of concerning because he he mentioned that both – maybe this is just me being a conspiracy theorist, but like you mentioned both Choll and McConnell were out to out at practice the other day, and McConnell wasn't there whatsoever. Chole was still there kind of doing some stuff here and there, running around, and I was like, all right, yeah, his ankle's fine. like He'll be good. But McConnell's nowhere to be seen, and that's a little bit concerning to me because that is defending Big Ten – Defender, player of the year, or whatever you want to call the goddamn award.
1: <laughs> yeah, so basically it sounds like the team probably isn't going to look a whole lot different in terms of what rosters we use next this year because we didn't really have a great backup center last year either. We just found ways to kind of make it work when Cliff was out. Cliff played a ton of minutes last year. He's, again, the linchpin of this team because we lose Cliff. We probably are going to be – you know our defensive rating probably – we go from like a top quarter of – the FBS or not the FBS the Division One defensive team to probably a bottom quarter defensive team even with a guy like McConnell because he just Cliff just affects so many shots anything within ten feet of the basket he's finding a way to kind of disrupt or at least make guys think twice about coming in and, and making those shots. Um, I think the most interesting thing about this team will be how does Pike's offense change with a true knockdown shooter and Cam Spencer because that changes so much when you know That's so how many times do we what would you say? That's who I was missing. I knew I was forgetting yeah. someone completely. Yeah. yeah because there's so many kickouts last year that, you know, we didn't have defenders <clears throat> kind of close out on, like, some of our shooters because we didn't really have any true knockdown guys. We had guys who could make shots, but not somebody who is, like, you can never leave the sky open kind of guys, which I think Cam Spencer is. So I think it might, you know, create a lot more one-on-one situations. It might create a lot of more situations where we might not get that help at the rim because they know Cam Spencer is sitting – you know, at the three point line, right behind him. So I do think it'll change how teams have to defend us, which will uh which would be interesting. I'm not sure how yeah how this teams gonna a- look offensively because potentially it could be very good.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's actually what I was actually talking to Troll and, and Oscar about. Um you know, I asked, you know, obviously both are big guys that can shoot. And then, you know, I asked how much how much they can how much they can how much them making, you know, outside shots and can making outside shots affect everything that they do and they said exact, exactly what you said. You know, obviously, you know, they can shoot, and you know, and maybe Cliff has more room on the inside. He, he can go to work in the post. Or, you know, obviously if they had to double Cliff because he's that good, you know, he can kick it out, and they can make their shots on the outside. So um, I think the offense might be a little better in terms of rhythm. Um, I know a lot of, you know, Gio and Ron were kind of more isolation type, type of players, and I think you might see more of, like, offensive sets or more or more of like a rhythm on offense i know that was kind of like a knock on on the, on the team the past couple of years so um i think i think you might see that i mean it's obviously you know see it see it before you believe it but um i think i think there's definitely a possibility and definitely having the shooters is only going to help help the offense up the flow um also the one thing you know Pickle hates offense for the most part so he you know he loves defensive rebounding so um he he thinks his team is going to be better on defense he also believes that this team is going to be better at rebounding. And he even said it, he, you know, we were not a good rebounding team the last two years. So, um, you know, he actually brought that up, you know, in terms of talking to Oscar, how he, how he's, um, you know, he's a good box out guy. So um, he he definitely wants to see this team improve in those areas. And if they get better on defense and in rebounding and they make the improvements we think they're going to make on, on offense as a whole, then this team might end up being better, in you t- know, long-term uh, compared to last year.
2: And something I'll be curious to see, <clears throat> assuming they play together more, is I'm kind of interested to see Caleb and Moat Mag kind of play together defensively because they're kind of, they play kind of, I think, a kind of a similar defense. Mag, Mag isn't as good as Caleb, but he kind of has that same type of, you know, super lengthy guy who's just a pain in the ass to try and get around and beat. So if he can pair, if he can improve and pair them together and they can play to their potential, like, that's two defensive stoppers right there, which could be, you know. I mean that could be incredible, and then you throw throwing Cliff, who is like you said the linchpin for this defense. I mean, yeah, the defense could be even better this year, and with Pike, like you said, it's he's a defensive guy. So if if this defense can reach its full potential, it, it could be it could be a scare. It could be scary to go against the Rutgers for opposing teams.
1: Definitely. And you got a guy like Cam Spencer, who obviously led the Patriot League in scoring uh, last year, but he was also averaging like close to three steals a game, I believe. And a lot of people have said, you know, he's playing down in competition. But I think defense, it's equal parts effort and just kind of like a knack for it. Like, you know, that perfect opportunity when a guy you, you, you can pick up when he's dribbling the ball too high or when you just like have to do that swipe perfectly timed. Some guys just have it. They might not look like, you know, they might not be the super lengthy wing like Caleb or Maude Mag, but that doesn't mean they can't be disruptive on the defensive end. And I, I think that's kind of where Cam Spencer is, where he might not look like a, a prime defender. He might just kind of lull people into thinking they could dribble past him and then he's picking their pocket. So and again, another I mean, guy I think, I think we're not talking Lowe about.
2: Or another guy who's just like a little gnat who just kind of just bugs you and, you know, it's just a pain in the ass to <laughs> get around and. You throw him in there, I mean, yeah, like I said, this defense could be could be special.
1: Yeah, who's the guy on the Pelicans? I think I made this comp- comparison who was given uh, Chris Ball fits in the playoffs. Not saying they're, like, equally talented, but that's who Jalen Miller reminds me of. I think his name's mm-hmm. Jose. Yeah,
0: uh, Jose, Jose Jose Alvarado, who yeah. Steve Puddle really, 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 really wanted.
1: <laughs> Josh
3: Pastner doesn't cheat at Georgia Tech, I swear. No,
1: <laughs> definitely not. Um, okay. Well, but, yeah, I so I guess that, that makes sense. Know. Yeah, well, it, it helps when, you know, it is just like legal now and you can kind of talk about what we used to do. Back in the day, what we had to do was we had to leave money in a mailbox at his uncle's house <laughs> and call him the and McDonald's ask how he liked bags. his birthday cake. And yeah,
2: just the McDonald's
1: bags. Yeah.
2: Oh, geez. Look
3: at
1: Tennessee
0: now.
2: Look at them.
3: Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Back I his so I was in Knoxville two weeks ago for my grandparent's 60th birthday or 60th birthday, 60th wedding anniversary. And they live right outside Knoxville. So we went into Knoxville and they were like already preparing for a game a week away. Uh, <laughs> that whole city was just like, you know, you know, a hundred percent behind the volunteers. They were, they were playing the LSU that day, but they were already thinking about how they were going to just celebrate after they beat Bama. Like they were envisioning this win and man, what a Did you see
2: after they won, they dragged, they took the goalposts and just like threw it in the river? <laughs> do you think Rutgers would do that? I don't know if no. Like, no offense, but I don't know if we have the strength to do that. To be honest, I mean, I couldn't lift a goalpost that far, and that you know, <laughs> so like that's just crazy.
1: <laughs> Rutgers also has those collapsible posts. I mean, we haven't stormed the field in a while, but basically, they have this the the team of yellow jacket dudes who get down <laughs> on the field level. If they expect, you know, there might be a moment that people just storm the, the field and they do this like total perimeter around the, the goalposts. And there's this little like stick you could stick into the base of the goalposts, which has them tilt down and fall to the ground. So, uh, I don't Rutgers, know
2: do, Rutgers can start hitting the gym because next time they get a big win, I want to see, you know, the goalposts taking down college Ave.
1: Yeah, that was a yeah, fun thing right, to follow right, right. on social media on uh, yeah, Saturday. Right, right. Because they 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 showed them rip it down, then they showed them take it up the whole uh, yeah. staircase of the stadium, right, and they showed it yeah. out on the street, Whoa. and then eventually they showed people chucking it into the river, which is <laughs> not the place I thought the goalpost was going to end up. To be honest, I thought they were going to break it up and like hang it in like dorm rooms or hang it inside of like a frat <laughs> house because that's. You know, in college, you just steal cones, you steal anything to put into as your decor in your room. They were
2: probably just standing there like, what should we do with this now? And they're like, I don't know. I'm surprised we got it this far, to be honest. Okay, (laughs) let's just throw it in the river.
1: They were tearing up turf. Like, people were, like, ripping out part of the checkers in the end zone. Um, It was wild. Mm -hmm.
2: Throwing mustard to ripping out goalposts. Unbelievable. How fast things can change in college. They've come
1: a long way. Um, but now we're starting to kind of get off the rails here, guys. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about uh, that happened during the bye week about any of our sports teams, or are we we're going to call this one a day?
3: Oh, the rack, the rack renovations.
1: Yes, rack renovations. So it was like
3: uh, a really loud perfect clap. That was perfect. Sorry. Uh, so Richie,
1: you you asked a question during the press conference uh, with Pike on uh, late last week, which if you guys haven't watched, is great. Like Pike 30, goes for about minutes. forty minutes. It was like thirty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's kind of just like, let everybody ask all the questions they had. And then once they were exhausted, he, he kind of handed over the mic. But one of the things you asked was about the rack, what we were going to see or the Jersey mics. Was there any plan for when that was going to happen? And he said no and then some pictures got released on the internet. Um, and it turns out they got released because I think Rutgers accidentally put them up on one of their, their sites, right? Oops. Like the pictures were on the, the Rutgers website and then they were taken down. Um, but it sounds like these renderings are real. And what can you guys tell us about the the, the rack renderings and, uh, kind of a timeline if we have it, because they do look great. If you guys haven't seen the pictures yet.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen them, uh, at Rutgers rivals on so- any social media platform pretty much, uh, so yeah I got accused of strategically planting that question in there but uh, obviously <laughs> I had no idea this was coming. I got a, I got someone that tweeted at me right after and they're like, hey, you want to see the photos? I was like uh, what photos?" And he was like the rack and I'm like, shut up, send me these. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, like this is real. Like, it actually looks pretty cool and it goes uh, yeah. it's pretty accurate based on everything we've heard. They want to make the, uh, that yeah. side part of the trapezoid the entrance way. I didn't know how they were going to do it or how they were going to build, like, a facade around it. But it actually is, like, it's like a mini trapezoid on top of a trapezoid. And it's like, okay, like, I guess we could just keep playing on this shape. Sure. And it, it actually looks really like
1: trapezoids, So we put a trapezoid on your trapezoid. <laughs> on, yeah. Like,
3: <laughs> it looks sharp, though. Like, the inside. It's, like, the all-glass, like, exterior. Uh, you have to keep the whole frame of the building itself. If you look, you could see, like, the pillars are still there. Because I think that was a big issue, that they can't move the pillars at all. Mm-hmm. If, unless they wanted to like completely redo the arena, um, it does look like our press box is going to be moved. So I don't know how I feel about that because I don't know where they're going to put us now. I mean, put me. Yeah, the could cool I could i tried it, to look like, for
0: something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Put us
2: at Put at the court. Like <laughs> well, yeah, that, like, that's that's like, what most
3: like arenas do for press. It's like yeah. either behind the basket or whatever. But this will also will allow like it almost looks like fans are closer and it it's going it's to get the place even louder than what it is. And then you mm-hmm. get club su- the club, club suites and all that stuff. And that's that's your moneymaker and your bread and butter uh, in terms of arenas, in terms of making any type of money. It's all the uh, all the rich people that are buying, like, the press boxes and the luxury seats. And it seems like you kind of get all that now. And then I know fans aren't going to like this, or at least the older fans won't like this, but I think it also allows the students to go closer to the court, almost like a Cameron Indoor type thing, where you, you put them, like, mid-court instead of behind the basket now. And they will mm-hmm. get that place going bonkers when ruckers is good
2: yeah i've always said like i don't know why the things are so far away from the basket like put them because that's court,
3: that's like, like what are you gonna put the the money maker people in the in the bleachers or, <laughs> here you yeah. go here's your here's your popcorn <laughs> like, like it, it's a yeah, rough look now sat... in
1: terms of luxury but like yeah i know you've sat in this uh, seat for the last 20 <clears throat> years but we're gonna give it to this undergrad group now so yeah, yeah you can sit <laughs> behind the basket now I but the, I guess the there. thinking
3: is most of them are going to be like, hey, I'm going to go to these ones behind, uh, I don't even know what hoop this is, behind one of the hoops. And then, like, that middle section all seems like a Audi club or whatever the hell it's called, private bank club type suite. Um, so, I mean, and then you get more sponsorship deals, too, as well. So that that's huge. And the biggest thing is, is that Jersey Mike's made this deal saying, like, yeah, you got to get this renovations done. I think it was, like, within three to five years or something like that, right? So it's, like, yeah, it I think by to kind of, like, escalate 20, a little bit. Like yeah, you gotta kind of get things going like a little bit, and uh, so this is this is gonna get done before the practice facility, in my opinion, for football. So that's not a bad thing because the rack needs yeah. it, and you get a bowl. Like yeah, bowl. <laughs> I'm very excited about these.
1: Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like the the Chiano Mansion project or whatever you want to call it, the the spaceship. Um, space Probably not star. not <laughs> happening anytime soon. Yeah, the Death Star, um, which I'm sure he's not gonna be happy about, but you know. We'll see. NIL. Um, yeah, hopefully it NIL. goes towards NIL. That's one thing I want to talk about, guys. If you haven't joined uh, the Knight Society or the Knights of the Raritan yet, you really I, I kind of implore you to do it because Rutgers is in a, in a pretty disadvantaged spot right now when it comes to NIL stuff. Um, we really need as many people to join as possible because it's a great talking point. I think they're at over 500 members of the Knights of the Raritan right now. Sign up even at the lowest entry level point, it's every, every dollar counts. Um, sounds like they're expanding their offerings too, to businesses. So if you would like to do something with your personal business, you can contact the guys at Knights, Raritan, Knights of the Raritan, uh, they post on the boards. They're easy to find on social media and they respond basically immediately. So if you have anything you'd like to, to talk about with them, they're awesome guys, so give them a shout. Um, one more thing about basketball as well. There's already three games that have sold out, and we're three weeks away from opening day. So real I'd sell-outs. imagine. What'd you say? Real sellouts. Three real sellouts. <laughs> yeah, Every single ticket has been sold by the athletic department to people who actually want to be there. So if you're trying to go to games this year, buy tickets now because the week of these, t- like I could tell you from experience, when I was trying to go to games last year and I didn't buy a season ticket, I didn't... when I was trying to buy single game tickets, they're at least double face value uh, when you go to the secondary market. So get them early, pick out your day you want to go, pick out your weekend you want to go, because you're going to regret it if you don't.
3: Yeah, and we'll figure out how
1: to do a live podcast at one of these events, if you like.
3: I feel like, that could be a cool I feel thing. like we have to. I,
1: I don't know if we want to talk to some uh, some venues to kind of maybe host <laughs> us. Uh, that might be cool. Or to nice do an actual game. <laughs> Night <Nice> society. yeah um, <laughs> But that's all I got. <laughs> what,
0: anything else from you guys? Yeah, actually, I, I got I got one thing I should have mentioned earlier. Um, we got the rare, it was it was rare that we got to talk to a coordinator mid season last week. So, uh, we went and talked to Nuns uh after practice the other day. Um, obviously didn't want to re- reveal much. Um, but um, you know, a, a lot of the talk was about how they want of how they want to you know form an identity on offense, and you know this is what Rutgers wants to do and is going to do it well. Um, obviously he didn't dive into detail about what they want to do and what they do well, but, um, he said they want to establish an identity. Um, obviously it's hard to kind of do much and tweak a lot of things and, you know, in the middle of the season, um, uh, which is obviously also, also something Greg Shannon has never done. Shannon's never, uh, made staff move, staff moves like, like this during the season. So that, that was new for him. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously he, he was the head coach and offensive coordinator in 2019, um, i don't think the offense will be like that in particular um obviously he got to scrap everything um i don't really think he'll do that this time so uh, but yeah it'll be interesting um what they do on offense we we didn't get a chance to see uh you know practice la- you know last week um we just went for interviews so um that'll be something to see this week and hopefully um you know we could provide a little a little insight uh but probably not because we can't talk about practice but yeah, but it was it was good it was good to talk to Nuns. Uh, it was good to see him again. So, uh, haven't haven't had a chance to talk to him while on the record. So, uh, yeah, love it. Chris. Just so, I, I want kind
2: of to go back to the back to the rack talking. About, uh, I don't know, if Richie or Chris, have any updates? Where do, do we have any more of a clue of where Rutgers could relocate once those renovations start? Start? Uh, no, it's gonna be like a year or two
3: away. Still, uh, it sounds like they reached out to Trenton. Trenton said, well, they kind of were like, hey, like that's a bad idea. That's far. It sounds mm-hmm. like Prudential is probably the, the go-to for that. But uh, I got I got one thing to say, and I think three out of four of us can agree on this. Let's go Yanks.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Fuck you, Mike. Well, one of the, well, he's already in the NLCS. Yeah, we're already
1: in the NLCS. I mean, oh, you guys are still in the really. Division Series? What? Man, that yeah, was, our, that was we so, so last he's weekend. No <laughs> football <laughs> team <in the laughs> baseball team in the NLCS.
2: I mean, what's yeah. going on?
3: It's, uh, it's, cause it's
0: shooting, man. and, the fillers, and the fillers are playing well though. You got you, you got you got to give them props. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's give them
2: props. That would make many less pissed.
1: It's <laughs> it's so funny how like how many people are like hating this new playoff system now that their teams have lost. It's like that's not fair to the teams that won all season. They have to sit for five days and now they're oh blah, blah. just how many people are bitching <laughs> about this new system when it's everybody dealt with it. Like you guys got to advance to the NLDS or the ALDS. It's not our fault that you know two of the, the four favorites so far have lost. Yankees could lose and be another favorite that gets knocked out after tonight. Or they play tonight or tomorrow? Oof. Tonight. 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 But relax yeah. about that knockout. Tonight. Problem,
3: okay. okay. We're not the Mets. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Mets Ugh, fans continue
1: God. to be uh, perpetually down bad. Uh, I, yes. I can't remember the last time the Mets the Mets truly had something uh, fun to talk about. I mean, I mean they did make the 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 World Series what in 2015. Right, mm-hmm. they, did, the, they did win
3: one hundred and something games. To lose they the did. But it's
1: like empty calories <laughs> if you just, you know, flame out. The first the the playoffs. That's, that's a good well, comparison. All right, I
3: think that's it, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. We went long today, guys. We had a lot to talk about. We went through a lot. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening once again. If you haven't already, please rate and review our podcast because that does help us find other users. If you haven't already, please follow us on YouTube. We're just Rutgers Football One. We got a Twitter. We have a Twitter as well. Our, our, our podcast now is a Twitter. It's just TKR Podcast, <laughs> so give that a follow. Uh, but for the rest of us and myself, thanks for tuning in once again. This has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Signing <laughs>